This uh, this is called the challenge of serving, single, and serving. And this is going to be a little more intimate, a little more personal. Um, I do have a couple of notes here of things I want to cover. Uh, but I really figured, you know, I was going to share more of a testimony, more, I think, from Pastor Tony, like from the hip. It's not going to be quite as a directed message. And um, I hope it goes okay because I was a little convicted about the message about not being as prepared. But sincerely, being single, you know, um, how old am I now? What year is it? I'm going to be 33 this year. I'm 32 right now. Uh, I got saved when I was 22. Um, I had grown up in the church as a kid. I went to a Pentecostal church, and it was a good church. It was Assemblies of God. And, you know, I remember praying as a kid, you know, Lord, help me find this Lego or other things. <laughs> but seriously, and it worked because um, he was there. And I remember having a relationship as a kid does. I remember, you know, the Lord being there as a kid. Um, but my parents got divorced when I was nine. And I guess, you know, looking back, I blamed God. At the time, I probably wouldn't have said that. You know, I still believed in God. I still believed that he created everything, that he was there. But I didn't know what it was like to have a relationship with him. I didn't have the, the best models in my life. You know, there were some who were there, but, I, you know, as a kid, I, I just didn't understand it. And so even if you had asked me, you know, I was in high school and college in the middle of doing all sorts of sinful things and just being in the midst of sin, um, I would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, I know the Lord, but then the Lord got a hold of my heart in uh, November of 2003 after about a year of reading the Bible and continuing to do my own thing and trying to make sense of it in a logical way. And I just couldn't make sense of it. You know, obviously we can't interpret things without the Holy Spirit. And if you're doing drugs or something that gets in the way of it, but the Lord freed me from those things. I was able, I got saved. The Lord saved me. And I began coming to this church and I got plugged in with some other young people who were at the church at the time. And I began serving in the youth group and uh, doing uh, media ministry, and um, eventually I was uh, asked to be a deacon, and I served as a deacon for a long time, and in the youth group for a long time, and I loved it. It was fantastic. Um, it's great seeing some of these guys here who um, who are older than I was then, who had been serving the Lord all throughout the time when I was in youth group and growing up in the Lord, and it's, it's encouragement to see young people who serve the Lord and who are fired for the Lord. But I think also on the other end, I'm, you know, I'm seeing some older people here today, and I didn't expect that. I guess I have my own ideas of what it means to be single and serving the Lord. But I think that just as equally it's important whether you're young or old to serve the Lord in your singleness because you have such a great opportunity to do so um, in that season. But I'm going to start off with uh, really a warning about it all because the enemy loves to use the opposite sex to get us off track. Whether you're young or old, you know, I think for the most part we all would desire a relationship in this room. And I remember getting saved, and um, I remember, uh, like, my old friend, this girl I had been uh, really good friends with all throughout, like, junior high and high school, and I used to, like, want to date her, but then I didn't want to date her, and she never wanted to date me, but we were, like, best friends, you know, we were, we were good friends, we hung out all the time and talked all the time, and then I get saved, and she all of a sudden wants to date me, and now, if I didn't know the Lord, I said, yeah, you know, finally, you know, what took you so long, you know, probably just desperation, but... <laughs> But sincerely, I said to her, you know, I'm, I'm a believer now. I follow Jesus, and, and you're not a believer, and, and, and that's okay. You know, I hope you come to know the Lord. I remember having a phone conversation with her. But I was like, I can't date you. I can't have that relationship with you because we're going different directions. And, you know, I tried to explain it to her. I tried to be gentle with her about it. You know, I was like, I'll still be friends with you. I mean, I have no problem being friends with you. I just, I just can't date you. And she didn't understand it. She got mad, and we haven't talked since. And 
And I've prayed for her, but, you know, at some point it's just, okay, Lord, you know, you've got something else for me. But the reason why I bring that up is because it was like as soon as I got saved, and that happens, as soon as we give our hearts to the Lord and we desire to follow the Lord, that the enemy can use people without them really even knowing it to try and derail us. Because imagine if I had dated her. Maybe I wouldn't have been as committed to the Lord. Maybe I would have fell into sin, or maybe I just wouldn't have been as involved or been doing, you know, maybe I would have been out on a date with her instead of going to Bible study on a Tuesday night at a friend's house, you know. Like, the enemy could have derailed me there, but for some reason I was crazy enough to follow the Lord, and I thank him for it. But then I'd been following the Lord for a little while, and um, I'd been in church, and there was this girl in church, and we became friends, and we tried dating for a couple weeks, but it was just you know, I just knew the Lord just told me it was wrong. So I got out of it and tried to flee from it. And it caused all this drama. And, um, it was just drama. You know, it was just, things got awkward for a while and things aren't awkward anymore. You know, we both kind of matured in that aspect. But again, it was like the enemy trying to get a hold of me. And even an old, like my ex-girlfriend who, um, uh, who I had like pined over for a while, like a year after coming to the Lord, got in touch with me. And I talked with her and I apologized to her for the way I was. Cause I was a, a real bad uh, boyfriend, I guess at the time, I, you know, I shared the Lord with her, but if she didn't come and I look back on the situation, I was like, I put myself in such danger going to the location that I did. And being that this was an old girlfriend of mine. And, you know, if I think I even was supposed to go, I was living with some friends and we had something to do that night. So that's the reason why I got out of there pretty quick. Cause I had to go somewhere. I was like, if I'd stay there, who knows what would have happened again? It was, yeah, I got to share the Lord with her and I got to apologize with her. And I'm thankful for that, but it was just, you know, looking back, it was a foolish, foolish decision to be in that environment. Um, it was just a big opportunity for sin. You know, there would have been other ways to handle it, you know. So then I began to serve the Lord. I began to follow the Lord. And, um, you know, most of my friends were single. I lived with a couple guys at the time, so there was always accountability. There were always Bible studies. We were always plugged in at youth group, and it was fantastic. But then it's like, you know, even though you're single on the inside, or you tell people you're single, you still have this desire and if you are single and you do have the desire to be married or be in a relationship, that's a good thing. That's a God-given thing. And don't be praying, Lord, take this desire away from me. No, God's given it to you. But pray that God would help you to subject this desire to his desire, to wait for his timing and his will. Because if you don't, quickly things get off track, if it's not from the Lord, very quickly. But I say all that to warn you because God has great things for you in your singleness. I love being married. I love having a baby daughter. I wouldn't trade that for the world. But looking back at those years, those, uh, six or seven years of serving the Lord before I met Ashley and before we started dating and everything, um, those were some of the most fantastic times of my life. I went on several missions trips. Uh, I was doing a lot of outreach. I was plugged into youth group. Uh, we did things. You know, If there was a church event or there was um, ministry going on, I was able to be there. And that's not to detract from my family, but the point is, even Paul says, is that I could be wholly dedicated to the Lord. I wasn't worried about, am I taking care of my wife? Am I paying my bills? Am I at these other things? It's like, if I ate ramen for six weeks because I lost my job, you know, because I wanted to go on a mission trip, that's fine. But now, I have a family to take care of, and that's good too. It's not like it's worse or less holy or, or being single is more holy. But what I'm saying is, you have this absolute freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want, for the Lord. And to use it for good. And it's so fantastic. You will never get a better opportunity to serve the Lord, I think, in that sense, than being single. Um, and being single is a blessing because you don't have to pay money for dates. <laughs> you don't have to, uh, to you know, worry about other things. Like I said, if you just want to quit your job to go to Mexico for six months, 
you can. You absolutely can. And I encourage you, especially the young people or even older people, if you're you know, retired or have some means to do that, go do it. Go do it. Because it's a lot harder. Not that God won't call you when you have a family, but there's a lot less worry, I guess is what I'm trying to get to. There's a lot less concern. Um, but serving, um, being single and serving was definitely a blessing. Um, you know, instead of pouring my life into a relationship, not again, that's not that that's wrong, but during the time and the season of my life where God had me as single, I was able to pour into the life of the kids. And in fact, they probably poured more into me in youth group than I did to them. You know, um, it's just, there really is a freedom and service to the Lord in that matter. Now, if you do have the desire to be married, again, God's given that to you, but I pray and you should pray that God would bring that person to you in the right time because it can be the most distracting thing. Even if they're the right person for you, if it's outside of God's time for your life, there can be big trouble. There can be very big trouble um, because the idea is that you're both serving God wholeheartedly single, looking to the Lord. Yeah, Lord, I'd love to be in a relationship. Yeah, Lord, that'd be great. Or, oh, Lord, they're kind of cute or they're kind of in the same ministry, but I'm going to keep focusing on you. You know, to take all those things to the Lord because you want the Lord to bring you together in his time. And again, sort of that organization, it's like if you put things together in the wrong way, you're going to have this, you know, ugly beast of a relationship that goes around destroying things in its path instead of this, you know, pretty thing from the Lord. Like a, you know, it's going to look like something that came out of Chernobyl as opposed to some creature that came out of the zoo that God created. You kind of see where I'm going with that? Uh, probably not, but that's okay. <laughs> You'll get it later. Maybe not. But sincerely, when you're single, people will ask you all the time, why aren't you dating? Why aren't you married? You know, you're 26. How come you don't have four kids yet? Because I don't. I'm serving God. I remember my mom always nagging me. And even going up to people in the church and trying to say, hey, my son's over there. It got so bad to a point where my friend, like, actually rebuked her. Like, you know, you can't do that. I was like, thank you so much, bro. Because I'd walk into the cafe and my mom would be like, hey and talking to some lady and I'd be like, hey mom, and go back into the sanctuary. Like, sincerely, like, she doesn't she really understand it and I can say this because she's not here today. If she hears it, I love you mom, but it's true. And uh, I've said it to her before. Um, but sincerely, there's a lot of pressure to get you to date and it's not necessarily godly pressure. God has created marriage, but if he hasn't called you to be married at this season in your, in your life, there's no need to be married. And the world kind of looks on and goes, I don't get it you must fit into this mold that I already have or what, you know, these movies with Channing Tatum tell me to do. So you need to fit into that mold. And it's true. Every movie you go out there is guy meets girl, girl meets guy. They don't like each other. They like each other. They fall in love, blah, blah, blah. And everything's happily ever after. They don't show you six months down the line when they're both at each other's throats because they fell into sin. Now, the point of what I'm saying here is that we need to serve God with singleness, in singleness, with singleness towards God. Um, because even if it is God's time or God's person, it may not be God's time for you. I remember um, uh, when I met Ashley, uh, you know, I thought she was cool. I remember seeing her and her brother in here. I knew her parents. Um, I had the opportunity to baptize her mom. And apparently her mom told me about her all the time. And I just never paid attention because she never came. But she gets saved. They come to church. I don't even know if they're saved at the time. I talked to them. I was like, oh, this girl hates me. Uh, but I was talking to her brother for a while. And then we went to this concert. And... Uh, she was like the new girl, and I knew she was just saved, and I'm like one of the, the leaders on the trip, and I'm like the last one in, and she's the next last one in. I'm like, oh, man, I do not want to sit next to her, not because, you know, she was a girl. You know, I would have been fine. I was, would have, like, talked to her, 
but I didn't want her to feel like she's just saved, just in the church. Now I'm trying to get away from people who maybe are hitting on me or the way the world does things. And now I come to church and the leader's sitting next to me and talking to me. I didn't want her to think I was even remotely hitting on her or trying to make advances on the new girl who came to church. So I just sat somewhere else and, you know, I made conversation with her to make her feel welcome, but I didn't like pursue anything. And uh, it's just funny the way Lord works things out because um, I think it might have been another con- – no, it was that concert. It was in July. But uh, we were driving home, and it was me and someone else in the car, and the other person wanted to fall asleep. So they sat in the back seat, and she sat in the passenger seat, and we're talking on the way home, and we just share our testimonies together, and something, something just clicked. And I was like, I never felt that before. Like, my heart, just something clicked. I was like, okay, that's interesting. You know, I'll put that on the shelf. Let's get home. Let's get out of the car. And, you know, I'll see you later. <laughs> you know, and, you know, we saw each other at church things around here and there. But I, I never really thought, like, oh, this, this girl's going to be my wife. Um, and I'll back up for a minute um, to say that there was, uh, there was even someone else who was uh, in the church at the time. And a friend came up to me and said, oh, I think this is the person for you. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I remember praying about it, and the Lord just said, no. Like, so loud, I was like, thank you, Lord. Like, <laughs> I don't have to worry about this pressure anymore. You know, this is fine. And not that there's anything wrong with the person, but, you know, the Lord even told me, like, who this person was for, and it ended up coming to be, and I was like, that's cool. Um, but I encourage you to be careful with your relationships with, with guys and girls. Um, guy and girl relationships are very awesome. God's created them to be that way, but there need to be boundaries because whether you like it or not, God created male and female, and that's why he created marriage. And you can quickly come together. This is the example of you have, like, your, you know, your flesh, you have your mind, you have your heart, and you have your spirit, and that all can kind of come together. And if that comes together out of order, you're in danger. But I, I even say that if you have a relationship with a guy or a girl and you're the opposite sex, don't share all your heart with them. Don't spend too much time alone with them. Don't spend too much time on the phone divulging the things that are going on in you because whether you like it or not, that's the way God's designed it. You begin talking and having these deeper conversations, your brain and your heart start to link together. Now, you might not have any emotions for this other person, but the other person might. I mean, there was a friend of mine who we spent a lot of that emotional time talking or chatting or whatever, and I was just being nice. She was just my sister, and people started saying, are you guys dating or is there something going on with you? I'm like, no. You know, this is it's just my friend. But then, you know, things got awkward later when I started dating Ashley because this person, I had, unbeknownst to myself, misled this person by sharing too much of my heart with this person. And we're friends now and everything's okay now, but it's something that I wish never happened because we have to be careful. There need to be boundaries. Again, I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do, but we need to be careful in our relationships because quickly we can get emotionally attached. Why? Again, because that's the way God's designed it. Male and female, he created them, and that's why he created marriage. And um, and on the road to marriage, um, you know, I, I remember Owen and uh, John saying to me over at uh, Owen's house once, uh, before Ashley and I even dated, said like they're like, "Do you like girls?" <laughs> and, like seriously, like it was kind of like half joking. It's like, yeah. It's like, well, why aren't you doing anything with Ashley? It's like, well, the Lord hasn't told me to do anything yet. You know, like, I don't know, and I just kind of, like, avoided it and ran away, and Jim would always pester me in the back, like, I know someone who would date you, <laughs> I'm like, no, leave me alone, like, I don't need your help, um, <laughs> it was funny, um, and then, this is a funny story, if you guys ever remember, we did, like, a New Year's party here, and I had to, like, fill in, and Owen put me up to do this crazy dance, and so I 
had license to be crazy. And Ashley was like, that's the man I'm going to marry. And I was like, you must be crazy if you saw me do- that night. If you guys were there that night, you know, it was the Moroccan dance. But, uh, <laughs> but the point is, even then we didn't date. We, still, we texted here and there, and I could see things going. But I remember praying one night after uh, a college night. We had a movie here and it was a snowstorm. And I was going home. And I was praying, and I was like, Lord, like, is she the one for me? Like, I don't want to, like, pursue anything. You know, I feel my heart going in the direction of this person. I don't want to – I can't really have my heart broken again. I've had that too many times in my life. I don't want my heart broken anymore. Um, I remember the Lord saying – he gave me the verse that uh, James, that every good – James 117, it's on inside my wedding ring, actually, that every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights. And it's like, all right, that's permission. She's the one. Now, we started talking, and we started hanging out, and the Lord told me to wait. Like, I was like, okay, like, can we get married? She's the one. Can we get married? And the Lord said, I remember, just wait. And that's when, like, rebellion really set in. I backslid for a while, and it was really just because I was prideful, and I was disobedient, and the Lord's faithful to restore and to um, bring back. You know, I didn't, you know, there was a lot of consequences for the things that I did in that season, but God was able to restore me. And I don't want to see any of you go through that season because, number one, it's a long season. Number two, it's a hard season. And number three, there's no guarantee of what's on the other side of that season. And really, it's stuff that, that's with you for the rest of your life. It's like Paul said he had a thorn in his side, and I don't believe that he sinned for it. But for me, there's always, wow, Lord, like, uh, there's always this sense of regret. Like, if I had just been obedient to you, why was I disobedient, you know? And I'm forgiven, and I don't have to tell you these things. God's not up here. Go make retribution and tell them about your darkest stuff so that, you know, you're better with me. No, it's, I don't want you to go through it. And the main way that the enemy will sideline us, at least guys, I'm sure girls too, is through the opposite sex and through relationships that just shouldn't be. And and again, God had told me that Ashley was the one, but I just didn't wait. You know, if I had just waited, maybe it would have been six months and we could have gotten married, but it ended up being a couple of years. Because of that, it was a wilderness time. And that's the thing, you know, it's occurred to me recently, and take it for what it is, maybe it's just um, me, but I don't see dating anywhere really in the Bible. I see God created marriage and not dating. Now, I'm not saying don't date. Ashley and I dated, but I waited until I knew that she was the one for me. You know, I was very cautious about how I talked to her, how much I talked to her, until I knew that she was the one for me. Because, again, I didn't want... To hurt her, I didn't want to be hurt myself. I didn't want to get derailed. And although I did get derailed for a season, it wasn't because she wasn't the one. It was because I was disobedient to something else. And I think for all of us is that we need to be super careful about that. We need to make sure that the one that we're spending all this time with is the one that God has for us. Because if they're not, the Bible says we're going to be unequally yoked. That, you know, just like two oxen are yoked together and they're both trying to plow down the field. In the same way, if you want to go this way in the Lord, and the Lord's calling you to do this, and this person, maybe they know the Lord. Maybe it's not like they're just an unbeliever and going the opposite way. But maybe they're just not as dedicated, or they don't think it's as important to do these things that you know, and your heart, and you're convicted about are the most important things in life. It's going to pull you down. You know, there's an example of, you know, um, you know, if I'm up on this chair, and I go to pull you up, which is easier? Me to pull you up, or you to pull me down? Pull me down. Absolutely right. In the same way, in a relationship, if you're not equally yoked, you won't pull that other person up. They will pull you down. And life is short. You know, I look back in my single season going, oh, man, Lord, uh, it's been six years. That's a long time. 
in one sense, but in the other sense, that's not very long. I look back now going, ah, six years is nothing. You know, it's absolutely nothing. So life is short, and when we get to the end of it, we want to have lived it faithfully to the Lord, and we want to have served the Lord. And if you're in a, a season of singleness later in life, um, consider it a blessing. I mean, I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure some of you have lost loved ones. I'm sure some of you have gone through some very hard things to be single later in life. Or maybe you've just been single your whole life. And I'm sure that that was hard too. Um, and maybe God has somebody for you. And maybe God doesn't have someone for you other than his son. Maybe he just wants you to live out the rest of your life single. And I'd encourage you, no matter what state you're in, is to pray about that. I remember the night before I married Ashley, you know, I was out with some friends talking. We had our, you know, we were setting up and, um, you know, even then I was like, still praying, Lord, like, if you want me to be single, you know, show me, you know, I, I, I don't want to get married and go the wrong way if you don't want me to be single. And uh, I remember waking up the next morning and having the most peace I've ever had in my entire life, just like, whoa. Like, it was greater than any of the drugs I did in college, and it was free, and there was no hangover, and I was married on the other side of it. <laughs> but sincerely, like, don't get married just because you feel like you need to. Don't get married just because the world says you need to. Because it's been said, you know, you hear that talk, a story about a trophy wife or a trophy husband. If they're not serving the Lord with you, your ministry will become them. Instead of going out to Africa, per se, and serving the Lord in Africa, you'll be serving your husband or your wife all the time. Not that, it's, not that we shouldn't serve them, but what I mean by that is they will become your primary ministry. If they're an unbeliever and you disobeyed God's word and married an unbeliever, now your ministry is, let me love this person to the kingdom. It's like they may not want you to go to Africa. They may not, you know, it may be detrimental to your marriage to do that. And God doesn't want you to do that. God would rather you be at home loving your spouse obediently than disrupting this, this one person from coming to the Lord than to share the gospel with 20 people. And I say that because even if the person loves the Lord, they may not have the same calling as you do. You know, I'm thankful for Ashley because the calling that I have, you know, even you know, in the state that I'm in now, or even before I was a pastor, it's a lot. You know, my desire is to be at church, to serve at church, to, to teach the Bible, to know the Bible, to live my life a certain way with godly standards. And if she didn't have those same standards, or she didn't, you know, want to follow the Lord and try and understand my craziness, things would be really hard. And let me tell you, even though I know I'm supposed to be married to her, and God has brought us together, it's still hard. Marriage isn't easy, and I'm sure some of you have been married, or you guys aren't married, but maybe you've been married at a time, know how hard it is. And nothing will derail your ministry faster than having a fight with your spouse or a fight with the person you're in a relationship with. Because God's, like, you know, to be honest, Ashley and I uh, had uh, an argument in the middle of the night last, about something uh, last night, and in the morning we both asked for forgiveness and, and, you know, said we're sorry, and we dealt with it in the morning because... I could barely sleep that way, and yet I was stubborn, let alone, you know, the Lord is certainly not going to use me in the capacity that he wants to use me if I haven't taken care of my wife and my kids. No way. No way. And this is really becoming more on marriage, but, you know, really wait. Because let's say you serve the Lord for 10 years and you're single, and then the Lord comes back and you go to heaven. Are you going to be mad that you weren't married for those 10 years on earth? No. You'll be like, wow, Lord, thanks. <laughs> As Paul said, I'd save you the trouble. I'd save you the trouble. But go ahead and get married. But in your singleness, 
you know, you can be free again to do so much of what you want to do for the Lord. And I encourage you in your singleness, use the time that maybe you would be on uh, match.com looking for a spouse and going on blueletterbible.com, you know, as you know, I'm joking, but in sincerity, use the time that other people would use in your age group or uh, in your stage of life to serve the Lord, because he's a better boyfriend. He's a better girlfriend than you'll ever have. And he'll bring you the person who's absolutely right for you. I mean, I know two friends who, who use christianmingle.com to meet, and they're married, and it's, it's, you know, they both love the Lord, and it's good. But, again, I wouldn't recommend that. I'd let the Lord be your matchmaker because, again, no amount of, you know, physical questions being answered is going to give you the person that God has for you other than the one God has for you. And I believe, in a sense, that there is one person for everybody. Now, if you've lost a spouse, God, I'm sure – God might have somebody else for you. You know, there's only one spouse at a time for everybody, I guess is what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> and God has a perfect will and a permissible will, and you, you want God's permissible will. Um, and for now, that's being single. And it's hard, and it's not easy. But I encourage you, if, when you get those urges, when you feel those desires, spend time in worship with the Lord. Seriously, put on your MP3 player or CD player or whatever you have, Spend time alone in your room. You don't have to sing out loud. Sing quietly, you know, so your neighbors don't hear you and whatever it is. Just be as loud as you want in your heart to the Lord, and he'll meet those desires of your heart. He'll bring the any temptation levels down in your heart for whatever it is that you're feeling tempted about. And you'll fall more and more in love with Jesus. And then those people that maybe you were attracted to before, you go, oh, they don't look like the person that I spend time with in worship. They're not really attractive anymore because... It's true. You know, the person who loves Jesus is the most attractive. And when you serve the Lord, the Lord is going to bring someone alongside you if it's his will and in time. And generally, they'll probably be doing the same things in ministry you are, whether it's in the same state or the same room. But they're going to have the same heart and same mind. And the only way you're going to be able to know that is if you're serving the Lord. If neither of you are serving the Lord, there's not too much to be told other than do they read their Bible and do they go to church. And that's a good standard. But if you're serious about serving the Lord and this person is not serving the Lord, there's trouble. There's trouble. You know, I'd encourage you just to follow the Lord. You know, Jesus wasn't married. You know, he's waiting for us to go home to heaven for his bride. But just follow the Lord because he has so many great things for you. And when he does have that relationship for you, it'll be even better. Even better. And then you can look back and say, hey, I served the Lord in my singleness. I was fruitful in this season. I didn't jump out and do the wrong things. And, and if you have done the wrong things, today's a new day. God's mercies are new every morning. He's willing to forgive you. He's willing to use you. And none of those things matter to him. You know, he says, I've cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. And on top of that, he knows the desires of our hearts and he wants to give them to him. So ask him, if you desire a spouse, say, God, give me a spouse. But until you do, I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to serve you wholeheartedly. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for these guys. And I pray, God, that uh, for every season that they're in, that they would serve you, whether it's uh, being young or being uh, older in years when, uh, Lord, uh, it seems that uh, life maybe has passed them by. God, I know that you have so much life for them, and life is not in the, the abundance of things we have or in the types of relationships we have per se, but... God, and really the relationship we have with you. And I thank you so much for uh, the season when I was single, and I thank you so much for my family now, God. If it wasn't for you, 
I wouldn't have them and I wouldn't be able to maintain them and maintain the relationship with them. God, I pray that you would bless everyone here, that, Lord, the calling on their lives you'd make clear and sure in their singleness, Lord, as, as you let me know about the call in my life when I was, in, when I was single, that it would, uh, you placed that call on me before I knew my wife. I know that you're going to place a call on all these people. I pray that you'd minister to their hearts and to their needs. You'd help them to overcome temptation and to put up the right walls that need to be up. But, God, that they would live holy and that they would live for you. And that, God, when you return, whatever estate that they're in, God, I pray that they would be content. And uh, ask us in your name, Jesus. Amen.